Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, editor-at-large at The Block, and we also have, again, this is such a pleasure, my goodness, The Block's team leader of crypto ecosystems, Tim Copeland, as co-host. Hopefully, you continue to want to do this because it just takes a lot of pressure off me, given I know I, I couldn't tell you the difference between a blockchain and a piece of biscotti. We also have our guest, uh, the synonymous three-person team behind the Delegate Cash Protocol, um, and we're going to be s- discussing this team's mission, how they're trying to help reduce the risk of theft in crypto, why some of the biggest NFT collections in, in the market have integrated the Delegate Cash Protocol into their projects, and a, a number of other things, how the team has invented a financial primitive through their new liquid Delegate product. But before we dive in, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. What's next for digital currency after a brutal 2022? While the core promise of crypto hasn't changed, digital currency is still forming the base layer for a new global commerce infrastructure. From merchants at the point of sale to corporations that want to pay suppliers and even employees more efficiently. Circle has always seen itself as a connector of the traditional world and the new world of digital currency. It's like building houses. What's the foundation and can you get the foundation right? Throughout Q1, I'm happy to host leaders from Circle here on The Scoop to give listeners the chance to hear how one of crypto's most prominent builders is paving the way for digital currency utility. Visit circle.com scoop for more information. Have you ever wanted to use DeFi without being seen? Railgun is a leading DeFi privacy solution on Ethereum. It's also a leading privacy solution operating across Binance Smart Chain, Arbitrum, and Polygon 2. And yes, that includes DEX trading. DeFi and privacy together at last. Visit railgun.org to find out more. This episode is also brought to you by Flare, an EVM-based Layer 1 blockchain with secure, decentralized access to information from other chains and the internet. Flare's native interoperability protocols provide developers with a variety of high-integrity price and event data, including detailed transaction proofs from other chains and information from Web2 APIs. Build better and connect everything at flare.network. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of the blocks. Podcast guests may have taken positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For full terms, visit theblock.co slash terms dash service. Once again, I want to thank our guests from the Delegate Cash team for joining us. Welcome to the show and thanks for coming on. Are you guys at ETH Denver? Yep, we are soaking up the tens of thousands of crypto people swarming the city. I hear it's lovely this year, and we can talk and get into a bit about that. But let's start with the basics. What is Delegate Cash, and how did this team come together? Yep. So at its at its core, Delegate Cash is crypto native power of attorney. Wait, and I'm sorry. Which one of the anonymous speakers are you? Uh, this this is Fubar. So. <laughs> So, yeah, Delight Cash is basically a way for crypto users to secure themselves while still using decentralized blockchains. The big problem that people have is the common guidance is stick all your assets in a cold wallet and then never do anything on chain, keep the wallet cold. Mm -hmm. But this completely misses the mark of 
free airdrops, free money, token-gated discords, DAO governance votes, and everything that we want people to be participating in. And up and up until a little while ago, there was really no resolution to the contradiction. You either had to take risky actions with your valuable wallet directly on chain and hope you never screwed up, or just distance yourself from on-chain activity altogether. And what Delegate Cash allows you to do is link um, cold wallets to hot wallets and let the hot wallets act on behalf for low and medium risk activities while still keeping the underlying asset safe. So you can think of it as a bit like crypto power of attorney or asset siloing. So this is something, Tim, um, just to set a bit of a foundation and then I'll let you jump in. I'm seeing a lot of companies come onto the scene in this sort of um, category of, of firms. And the way it's characterized is crypto is so different from 2017 when you had people come in, they wanted like custody or different security solutions for basically just I want to buy a bunch of these coins, keep them safe, and then hold on to them. You know, today's market's very different where there are so many different weird things you're doing with the coins you're holding, whether you're participating in governance, whether you're staking. You can't just, you can't keep them, you know, locked up. You have to constantly be moving around, doing different things. And so I feel like that's, that's sort of ushered in this era of, of a new sort of um, category of, of crypto security technology custodial firms. And would it be safe to say you guys fit into that, into that wave? Yep, exactly. Um, there's just so much that has to be done, and current current infra isn't supporting it well. Um, you still see you still see major players that are unable that lose governance votes um, that are critical to the future of like their port codes, for example, because they can't get their tokens out of out of a custody provider in time. Hundred um, percent, and it and it's just a gigantic pain point. Like even if you've got, say, say a DAO has tons of NFTs and a multisig, it can take yep. days or even weeks to do the operations necessary to to claim free airdrops on those behalfs. So, that's a really fantastic example. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'll say what you're mentioning or what you're alluding to. Um, we're talking about you know A16Z was slow to sort of you know vote on that that. BNB chain decision for Uniswap a few weeks ago. And you're 100% right. I mean, you know, with all due respect to the folks there, they're probably using a custody provider or solution that, you know, was purpose built for a different time in crypto than today. Yeah. I mean, this has real downstream ramifications. I mean, a lot of a lot of governance can be theater, but there are a couple key decisions that define what becomes the standard moving forward and even if they are just off-chain signaling votes as we move towards those and on-chain governance people have to be participating um and i think i think that many many people bemoan the lack of on-chain activity everybody just wants to speculate nobody wants to actually govern or participate and i think part of that is excessive user blaming we haven't built out the infra that makes it safe to do so if it was as easy and as simple and as risk-free to make a to to make a governance vote or play an on-chain game as it was to like send a tweet, then we'd see 10x, 100x the activity. So I think you have to make it safe before you can really scale up the participation, both on the retail and the institutional end. 
Yeah, I mean, and with uh, Uniswap, they ultimately lost the vote, or at least the vote didn't go the way they wanted to, and perhaps that would have gone differently if they had the say that they wanted to have in the initial temperature check. Um, I just wanted to ask, you talked about um, Delegate Cash. Can you give uh, our listeners a concrete example of, of kind of what you can do with it? Like, let's say I have a board Ape in a wallet, what what does Delegate Cash enable to me, me to do, and, and what does it not enable me to do? Mm-hmm. So the simplest and most common thing we've seen to date has been airdrop claiming. So you've got a board ape, you see a new tweet that says free sewer passes, you go look on OpenSea, mm-hmm. they're worth two ETH. But you're not entirely sure if you're maybe on the right site, or you clicked a phishing link, or you need to act fast. And what you'd have, what you have to do in the in the old guard, is pull your pull your vo- ledger out of cold storage. Hope you're at home, so you don't cl- miss the aim claim window, and then claim the sewer pass while risking hundreds of thousands, if not millions, worth of assets. For delegate cash, you've already delegated to a hot wallet, and so you can use this hot wallet that has nothing in it to to claim your free airdrop. And this is, I mean, order of magnitude improvement because A, you can claim airdrops on the go. B, you can keep your cold wallet in cold storage. And C, it's just far easier because you can interact interact on a mobile wallet. Even if you click a phishing link, it's no big deal. And if I use this kind of wallet I delegated to, can it move my ape? Uh, no, it can't. So we've explicitly made this backwards compatible and respect the original ERC-721 standard. So... All the assets in your vault, they can't be sold, they can't be transferred, delegation has no impact on that. It's simply an opt-in registry that future utility providers can read from and offer those to the hot wallet. So basically preserves all the guarantees of cold storage, but opens up new possibilities for the hot wallet. Okay, so did you basically one day see that if you're a board Ape owner, you inevitably have to lose your board Ape? That's the use case. <laughs> Pretty much. That that was the apocalyptic event, right? Is OpenSea was flagging every stolen item. And we were on a trajectory that there would be no board apes left by 2026. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this this could have decimated the NFT. Wait, is that true? Is that is that that's not true, is it? Or that's a joke. <laughs> maybe maybe a little exaggerated. I think we got up to like three hundred <laughs> stolen apes or something. So no, maybe we would have made it yeah. a little longer. <laughs> yeah. I saw they were coming out with new technology that let your like the deed to your house can be an <laughs> NFT. And I was just I was just picturing you come you come home one day, you click a bad link on the bus ride home, and somebody else is just living in your house. They're like, sorry, this is mine now. <laughs> <laughs> how do we how do we put real world assets on the blockchain? <laughs> I guess in that situation it's easier to find out who stole your asset though. It it, it would it would be easier to track down the hacker, I think. <laughs> you can you can peer peer in the windows. So, considering there's a very obvious upside here, and you could argue there's there's relatively limited downside or additional risk. Why hasn't this kind of been more widely adopted until now? And how how widely adopted do you think this kind of technology will be across the entire Ethereum and or wider crypto ecosystem? Mm-hmm. I think I dispute the premise a little bit. Um, we've seen in just six months or so, we've seen about $600 million worth of NFTs signed up in vaults for this, been integrated into 
practically all the largest projects, OpenSea, Manifold, Yuga, Artblocks, Invisible Friends, Forgotten Runes, Token Proof, Cyber Brokers, Doodles, Moonbirds, Collab Land, Vulcan, and so on. Um, be, because it lives a little bit in the background, I think it's been less hyped than a comparable, say, first-party NFT or first-party speculative platform drop would be. But I think we have hit tremendous market penetration, even on what I'd call an unsexy vertical. Security is something people often care about post-facto, not, not early on. But the, despite that, people... People love it. It's being used almost everywhere. And um, and there's this community movement around around pushing projects to support it. So obviously we want to continue growing and whatnot, but I'd say there's been decent tra traction and velocity so far. Hi, everyone. My name is Munam Wasi. I'm the one non-pseudonymous person here, and I guess the built-in fall guy as well. He's not afraid to go to prison again, basically. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, one of the amazing things over here is that from like a business development strategy perspective, we've obviously been targeting these sort of really premier flagship projects and partners because they're the best ones to prove it to the rest of the market. But um, we're seeing a lot of organic demand from users at the grassroots level. And I think that's the real special X factor over here because people will have this experience one time and then they'll start demanding it everywhere else. I'm on our Twitter 24-7, and I almost feel bad for these poor artists and platforms that will announce something like free mint or free airdrop for users. And the first or second tweet will be someone saying, I'm not going to claim this free airdrop unless you let me do it via delegations, just because I think it's given people that peace of mind. And so mm -hmm. that's where the network effects get really, really special. You know, if someone delegates their wallet, all of their assets get um, caught up in the blast radius, so to speak, of delegation. So if one of their projects supports it um, and they have a great experience with it, they start going to their other projects that haven't integrated it yet and basically demanding it. And, and luckily, you know, just to come full circle, we're a public good project. It is immutable. It is composable. It is free and feeless forever. And ultimately, the code base is hardly 300-ish lines of code. It takes mm. most projects... 30-ish minutes to integrate it. So do you think this would be kind of default for NFT projects, et cetera, going ahead? I, I would hope so. We as a team and along with, you know, some of the team members and founders of Artblocks, Manifold, um, uh, and uh, Tessera, for example, have jointly written EIP number 5639, which actually specifies the delegation registry as a standard. I think that's actually the beauty over here is this idea that it's meant to be a very collaborative thing because that web of interoperability gives you not just one singular experience, but something that you can keep using everywhere. And, and that's the goal for things like these. I think projects in the past have definitely done like really good work in pushing security for a singular interaction, but it's hard to scale that. And when, you, when you're working towards an open standard and you're doing it sort of in this collaborative manner, in this very public manner, you are opening up the possibility for other people to build on top of it. And, and that just provides value to everyone. Mm. So how is this bootstrapped? Um, in, in terms of, in terms of network effects or the like financial incentives? No, in terms of, um, you know, did you raise to get this together? They're backers. 
Um, been mostly been been mostly focused on growing network effects to this point. Um, there there have been there have been some small motivated backers, um, but mm. prefer to remain. I'd say I'd say lean lean and nimble and push public goods and push the space forward. So I I do I do think that this opens up a wealth of economic opportunity flows flows and claims and interaction points that weren't possible before and so there are a lot of surrounding products to be built that that tap into this like security obviously is core but then can you potentially tokenize these rights um, a lot of interest and excitement there what are some of the metrics you're tracking to monitor delegate cash's growth we're focused on adoption and security. So we're tracking a lot of fun metrics, but we're mainly focused on how many bolts have been created and mm. how many underlying assets are we actually protecting? I mean, you can, you can kind of dive deeper into those specs and see how many calls were made per day and things like that. But at, at the core level, it's how fast are we getting adoption and how, how well is, yeah, is this being done? Mm-hmm. One of the great booby traps of crypto development, in my opinion, is people confuse product traction with wash trading, farming, token traction itself. And so it can be a very painful learning experience to try to distinguish whether people are interested in the core product itself. What's nice about Delegate is that you can you can look at the value of the underlying vaults and see if these are legit assets, legit wallets or not. Um, you can look at third-party integrations and see that these are these 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 are unincentivized people who are uh, who are choosing to opt into network effects. So, um, I'd I'd say two two top things we're tracking is just total value of assets protected, and then the 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 number and quality of projects which integrate on a third-party basis. Because that that's a that's a test of usefulness and generalizability, right? Other other teams don't have to use this. They can they can build their own solution. They can forego security altogether. Um, but choosing choosing to do the little bit of extra legwork to opt in shows shows there's something valuable there. Yeah, but what what are the latest numbers for those? I think you may have mentioned um, one of them earlier. Yeah, I think so. We're sitting at about six hundred fifty million worth of NFTs protected. I think another low nine figures worth of fungible tokens across 10,000 ish vaults. Okay, so that's up because I think when when I wrote a feature on you guys it was about 400 million at the time. So it's up mm-hmm. what 200 million in like a month or so. Yeah, I think last last two days have been some of our largest ever of delegations. So uh keeps keeps growing fast. You know what's what's pretty cool about this is when we first launched, obviously you launched with one launch partner which was Forgotten Runes in our case and sort of the day that we announced it was the biggest day of adoption. And then somewhere down the line, once the uh, friendship bracelet airdrop mint, you know, integration was announced, those were sort of our next consecutive biggest days. And then once this uh, Yugo Labs Dookie Dash thing was announced, that was another singular huge day. What on earth is a Dookie Dookie Dash? Yeah. Uh, Frank, you haven't been you haven't been following, have you? I haven't been following. You haven't been enjoying the full suite of GameFi that Board Apes have to offer. Uh, <laughs> mother of um, God! So I, I found that actually a super interesting example of what Delegate Cash can do. So can you explain? Give us some examples of what people were doing with their Dookie Dash NFTs and Delegate Cash. So you know, um, 
the one of the things people know is that your private keys are basically the most sacred thing in crypto. Never share your private keys. There's this one very prominent um, board ape holder, a tropo farmer, and he's got a very big uh, following on Twitter, and he's always sort of helping push content out. But he chatted with us. He checked out the protocol. He saw basically the fact that it was completely secure. And he sent out a tweet that said, here is a private key to a wallet that I have delegated one of these access passes to. These access passes were worth about seven or eight ETH. And he put the private key out and he said, any one of my friends online that wants to play this game that can't afford it, you know, can just add this private key to their wallet, sign in and play the game. That was a perfect example of just the ability to freely share assets with people, knowing that that extremely valuable seven or eight ETH asset was never fundamentally at risk. That's like one of the low level examples. Um, and then from like a professional standpoint, a lot of the holders, because it was this whole gamified experience that you would get more rewards based on the higher your score was in the game, they entered into contractual agreements with professional gamers to basically play on their behalf um, for you know, like a share of the rewards. And that is an example of the thing I think FUBAR was referring to earlier about tokenizing the rights and basically making economic rights a key part of this. The way Delegate Cash is set up is that core underlying protocol is, is Delegate Cash itself. It's this very simple but very powerful baseline primitive. And on top of that, we launched Liquid Delegate, which is basically our next product. And Liquid Delegate is the solution that provides programmatic escrow with zero counterparty risk and makes it possible for individuals to set contractual agreements over like how long someone can use an asset, um, knowing that there's no, again, counterparty risk. And there's lots of enterprise grade use cases as well. We're chatting with a lot of crypto games that want to enable things like try before you buy. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of daunting to get someone to invest ahead of time in like an expensive NFT to play some sort of game but they can set up systems where they use the assets in their vaults and say, for one USDC, you can borrow this asset for 24 hours and see if this is the right game for you. Mm. So it allows them to access the utility of the NFT without actually possessing it directly. Yeah, exactly. So huge unlock, I think, in the gaming world. Some of these people might have 10, 20, 30 sewer passes, and they can't play all those on their behalf or to... To, to draw maybe a more historical example, maybe you have the rarest Axie Infinity that's spitting out thousands of dollars worth of tokens a day, but only if you play optimally. What people have had to do up to now is either games build their own bespoke delegation system, which is a ton of technical overhead and only works half the time, or they just have to rely on OTC deals. And I know somebody who knows somebody who says they're honest. And that limits how much you can actually scale these things. Because if all your attention and energy is focused on, I'm dealing with these seven scholars, mm. hopefully they don't rug me, how can, I, how can I ensure that? Then you can't build out more complex, interesting mechanisms. Compared to Delegate Cash, lets you do trustless delegation. It's on chain. They have, you've got 0% risk of, of being rugged. And, and so you can move on to more advanced, interesting stuff. So a huge unlock for the gaming world. And I'd just like to say one more thing on that um, point. It's not, obviously the economic rights are wrapped up into this, but it's not just about sort of pure unbridled capitalism. 
a lot of this is about um, you know enabling other people to experience things in a safe way. We've had lots of parents say that they want to let their kids play their crypto games, but they're very scared of handing their five-year-old you know a MetaMask account or access to their MetaMask account to play this game. Okay, how many how many parents? Oh, like at least fourteen. <laughs> I've been in a lot of DMs. Okay, like, that's uh, a lot. That's 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 fair. You're telling me a five-year-old doesn't want to play a game named Dookie Dash? <laughs> I, I I don't know any five-year-olds. I don't think so. I'm gonna have to. I'll 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 leave that up to you and your expertise. <laughs> But, um, you know, a lot of these artist communities that want to invite people into their fold, but have like very established rules around, you know, how much it takes to buy in are experimenting with um, liquid delegates as basically a very easy way of giving someone, let's say, a scholarship for a month to enter a community mm. and see if it's the right fit for them. So, you know, ultimately it is about economic rights, but it's enabling tons of use cases beyond just how can I maximize how much money I can make from an asset. A lot of it is around sharing. And I think that's the biggest thing here. Um, with Loudpunks, which is the project released by the Rolling Loud um, organization, you know, which is one of the world's biggest concert series, lots of people bought sort of these VIP passes or, or, or these NFTs that granted VIP rights, but said, hey, you know, this concert's this weekend, something came up last second, I want to let my buddy go and instead of having to trust that my friend is going to return this to me or isn't going to lose it or something's going to go wrong, let me just trustlessly delegate this to them. Understood. Why did you guys decide to release it as a public good? I think that's the, that's the only way to build things that last, in my opinion. Um, it's mm. definitely the minority of project approaches, but... It's pretty. It's it's weak and unreliable to have everything be an upgradable proxy contract. I mean, you have two mm. primary, three primary attack vectors, which is that you get hacked, or that the team turns malicious, or the team is legally compelled to change something. And these just aren't as we saw with Oasis last week stealing 150 million from from their yeah. users. Grant, like the users were also a bad actor, but that's just not a that's not a reliable primitive to be able to build further composable stuff on it. Um, and so I, I have this very clear vision that the vast majority of apps, which are going for quick, quick and easy wins, probably, probably go for upgradability so they can push out small iterations, satisfy, satisfy their customer base for the weeks or months or year, year that they're around for. But no, nobody's going to build on top of you if you're not, if, if you're not a predictable, reliable primitive, that's why we've seen. We've seen like NFT lending built on top of Uniswap V3 um, and just a, a, a variety of automated strategies because they know exactly what it is and that it'll be like that forever. So in, in the same way, like if delegate cash could be broken because Fubar lost his private key one day, then that would be a huge blow, I think, to everybody who's integrated, be that be the OpenSea Yuga manifold, then they have this dangerous dependency. But we, because we've gone for this trustless immutability, I think it can, it, can, it can stand the test of time. Other people can rely on it far more. And ultimately, the reach is, the reach is larger than it would have been with upgradability. Um, mm. there, aren't, there aren't downsides, of course. Like There are definitely times when I look at the code and say, oof, I wish I'd, 
I wish I'd done this instead of that. But the benefits far outweigh the weaknesses. Do you think this is a problem with the wider Ethereum ecosystem space in terms of the prevalence of admin keys and upgradability? Absolutely. I mean, I've mm. done, I've worked on both ends of the spectrum. There have been aspects where you simply have to hook into a semi-centralized bridge and you need centralized circuit breakers on your end to ensure the centralized brig- bridge doesn't rug. Um, so it's, it's kind of ironic. Admin admin keys at one layer require admin keys at all the other layers since in, if one of them goes wrong. So I, I definitely understand why people go for it because and like there, there are plenty of successful projects, namely, namely Frax, that have done quite well despite lax trust assumptions. But I think that as, as the industry matures, and in the beginning, it's great to tinker and experiment with what if we change this, what if we tweak that here. But as the industry matures, the only things that live on um, are, are going to be the immutable primitives. So I think you either have to um, tinker with upgradable stuff and then finalize it within a reasonable time frame, or just go immutable from the start. The core promise of crypto hasn't changed. Stable coins can bring faster payments at internet scale. From merchants at the point of sale to corporations that want to pay suppliers or even employees more efficiently. Circle has always seen itself as a connector of the traditional world and the new world of digital currency. USDC is more than just a stable coin. USDC is also an open source platform. When our transactions are actually final and you can't change them anymore, that's another great quality property of cash because when you switch his hand, it's fine. Right? Can you digitize all those good quality properties and bring that in a digital form? USDC by Circle is at the forefront of this innovation. And that's why The Scoop is partnering with the folks at Circle to tell you guys why and how our industry is moving. A lot of us who have built USDC, myself included and Jeremy included, we are technologists. So we approach this problem from a technology point of view. Visit circle.com scoop for more information. Have you ever wanted to use DeFi without being seen? Railgun is a leading DeFi privacy solution on Ethereum. And it's also a leading privacy solution operating across Binance Smart Chain, Arbitrum, and Polygon too. Shield your funds and use them privately on your favorite DeFi apps. Railgun's cutting edge zero knowledge system encrypts your data from public view. And yes, that includes DEX trading. DeFi and privacy together at last. Visit railgun.org to find out more. This episode is also brought to you by Flare, an EVM-based layer one blockchain with secure access to information from other chains and the internet. Flare's state connector acquires detailed transaction data from blockchains and information from Web2 APIs in a decentralized way, so it can be used securely, scalably, and trustlessly in applications running on the network. Paired with the Flare Time Series Oracle for decentralized price and time series data, Flare delivers a developer focused blockchain with secure native access to more off-chain data than ever before. Build better and connect everything at flare.network. Tim's edifying me on 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 Dookie Dash right now. <laughs> I can I can see the I can see the green blobs uh, reflecting across your face. <laughs> you can probably have a whole podcast on it at some point.
Uh-huh. When when Twitch live stream. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back in the depths of the bear market in 2018, Tim, you probably remember as well, Coindesk launched like a wasn't a podcast, but it was a Twitch live stream where they'd play like video games and talk about crypto. It was no, Lee Quinn and um mm-hmm. you could have a combo. The most popular streamers are just people talking about price charts and doing random squiggly line TA. So you could have a combination where the streamers are playing Dookie Dash, but it somehow simulates the trajectory of where price is moving at this very moment. Do a do a do a game five TA crossover. <laughs> Well, you know, one way, I guess, to bring this thing full circle, specifically this line of conversation, um, the player who like came first place sort of during the duration of the active competition for Dookie Dash was a professional gamer. You know, I mean, he was like a big Fortnite streamer, big Fortnite pro gamer. And, and I mean, he made millions of dollars off of this thing. And, and then I think that was like really eye opening because after that, we saw a lot of tweets where people were saying, um, hey, like, I'm, you know, I, I can now use delegate, like, I will delegate to you if you're a pro gamer, you know, uh, one of these assets, and we could come to some sort of agreement with it. So, so interesting things happening over there. I think uh, the world is coming full circle on a lot of these things. Frank, maybe you should get Mongrel on the scoop. I have no idea what you're talking about. He's the streamer that, that, uh, won effectively like the dookie dash game and he was awarded with an nft uh of a golden key which he recently sold for i think 1.6 or 1.8 million nice work if you can get it fourth highest game game winnings in history now i think and the cool part about that was that was community you know accrued value to that that wasn't like yuga paid out for that that was basically the community coming together for this but a lot of projects are interested in these primitives because it just makes participation easier. And, and I think that's really what the core is over here and what part of the end vision and like the happiest state of delegate cash years and years and years from now is that it just makes it easy for people to participate. That's ultimately what it is. And, and, and that benefits everyone. Should we talk about the liquid delegates? Let's do it. Um, should I dive into an overview or any um, questions on that front? Uh, Muna mentioned it earlier. Uh, I think what's interesting about this is, can you explain that you're building kind of delegate caches as kind of public good that's free, that's open to everyone, but then this is kind of your first product that you're building on top of that, right? Yep, exactly. So working with so many different projects for delegate cache integration, which has been primarily security focused, the natural question that arose in my mind is, okay, these these rights are clearly valuable to be able to use them. What if you tokenize them and made them even more composable within the crypto ecosystem? And so, whereas, whereas delegation itself is just kind of a standard pointer from one wallet to another, you can actually wrap delegation rights into, into NFTs and make those composable, tradable, give them, give them market value based on based on what is upcoming in the future so well, yeah we've 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 rolled this out it's it's very clean essentially you place and you place an nft into escrow and choose a time period that you want it to be escrowed for and then you receive a liquid delegate nft that corresponds to the rights for the utility on that but not the underlying asset so for example 
you lock up a board ape for six months, and then you get a board ape liquid delegate. And that would correspond to any future delegate cash utility that the board ape receives. And at the end of that six months, it just gets unlocked and returned to the original holder with no counterparty risk. So I think, I mean, there, there are several different prongs this can expand to, and we're still, we're still exploring where the best fit is, but I think it can be used for, um, for future airdrop claiming if DAOs, if DAOs and whales want smoother yield without having to be on top of their assets 24 seven. It's a great way for like token gated DAOs to do try before you buy. You can rent out a pass for 0.02 ETH instead of people having to pay two ETH, see if they like it, and then they join the community for good. Um, super easy to build liquid staking on top. You can do things like loud, loud punks um, gives you access to an IRL concert. And so you can, you, you can essentially resell those concert tickets. Basically, I think this is a huge improvement on the state of NFT lending and NFT rentals as is because it removes the counterparty risk and capital requirements and platform risk completely. Whereas before, like if you wanted, you were super excited for a sewer pass, you would, but you didn't want to buy a board ape, you would have to put up 100 ETH of collateral to borrow a 70 ETH board ape to maybe claim a two ETH sewer pass. And then, and then the seller still has this covered call writing risk where if the value of the ape spikes, you might not get the return. And so it's not very reliable or composable because of the counterparty risk. Whereas Liquid Delegate explicitly silos the rights because you can't sell or transfer it, then it's only the utility. And so yeah, we put that together beginning the rollout, super excited for what this can spark in the ecosystem. Do you think this will change the NFT lending landscape? Um, I'd say the majority of the NFT lands, lending landscape right now is using using NFTs as collateral rather than renting. So that probably remains and like good 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 friends with the Bendao people and love what they're doing. So this is mostly complementary to the um, deposit ape borrow ETH buy more apes <laughs> setup setup that people are primarily using it for. It's more a way to get explicit utility tokenization what do you mean by that so basically if there's future utility upcoming the rights to that can be explicitly tokenized and traded on its own interesting so do you could we end up with um like markets for upcoming airdrops so like let's say if enough people delegated the rights to receive I don't know, the long-awaited MetaMask token, then you could end up with people actively trading tokens that actually convey the rights to that MetaMask airdrop. Yes, it's all a bit a bit fuzzy because none of this is obviously future, future unknown, not guaranteed, and so on. But it enables, it enables you to, yeah, potentially form more liquid markets for... For this utility, I mean both both NFT and fungible related, um, of of what's upcoming. Tim, um, one of the use cases that's a very grounded real world use case that we're already starting to see for this is we've been speaking with a team that is working on making it easy for people to license out the IP rights associated with their assets. So you know, different NFTs have different sort of IP rights associated with them, and if there's one where you as the holder owns those rights, 
there's a lot of people interested in basically being able to license those out to corporations, whether it's for imagery or for packaging and whatnot. And the cool thing about Liquid Delegates is they're using that programmatic escrow feature as a way to enforce you know, an off-chain contract on-chain. That's a really clear use case of someone basically putting their NFT into this escrow for the time period that someone else wants to use it um, and ensuring that they will get it back without you know, any shenanigans. And that's the whole point. Delegate Cash just trying to crack down on shenanigans. And I mean, you know, it helps that it's free as well, too. It, it makes a great uh, BD pitch when you go to someone and say you get all of these benefits. People are going to love you. You're going to be more secure. And by the way, it doesn't cost you a penny. Yeah, but what's the old expression? If um, if you're not um, paying for the service, you are the service. What's, what's the expression? Well, I, I think that's true in a Web2 world, but we're very... Um, you know, positive sum about this. And Liquid Delegate is a perfect example of us believing in our free tech um, to build something on top of it. You know, there's there's no gimmick there. We want the protocol to be in everyone's hands. And the best way to get it in everyone's hands is to be uh, as dirt cheap as possible. And there's nothing cheaper than free. Yeah, the saying is like, if, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Thank you, um, Tim. But in this case, I don't know if it applies so well because it's not another company that's taking advantage of, of what you're doing. If anything, you're the one getting the benefits, I guess, in theory, yeah. if there were a lot of products built on top of it, using it, then it could be a bit different. But. I, I mean, liquid delegate is a brand new primitive. And the cool thing about liquid delegates is that if a project has integrated delegate cash, which is really lightweight to do liquid delegates are, are already interoperable with that project. There's sort of, no further technical heavy lifting required. And so by treating not just end users, but also developers as first-class citizens and giving them great support and you know making it as self-serve as possible for them to build really cool experiences and integrations with Delegate Cash, I think we evangelize a new primitive. And, and I think it's over that new primitive that we see the, or as one of the areas in which the business of Delegate Cash um, will, will flourish. Are there any plans to develop any more applications that use the platform? Uh, I mean, we're looking at lots of use cases from like custodial solutions to multi-sigs to even better governance tools, but they're very much like a work in progress and very much like a collaborative thing as we're starting to see what it is that people want the most. Yeah, we're very much focused on developer experience and making it just making the whole experience from the integrator side and the, the people using Delegate Cash the best it can be right now. Yeah, there's probably probably five years of work to be crammed into the next six months. So it's a matter of judicious prioritizing. Um, but I, I see tons of, op tons of opportunity. I mean, both in the, um, on the on the security space, on the economic side with Liquid Delegate, but also I think that fungible, a fungible token Governance and delegation needs a complete overhaul. So I see several opportunities there. Account aggregation, you've got 25 wallets and they all appear seamlessly as one account when you log into a site. Using that for identity and so on, OpenSea is using it for fraud, fraud and theft detection. So it's a matter, yeah, so it's just a matter of picking what's going to have, what's, what's going to have the biggest impact and where can we demonstrate that this is 
10x better next. The idea of account um, aggregation sounds fantastic. I mean, the number of times we have to kind of log in with every single instance of your wallet just to check, you know, like, where are my funds yeah. at or, or that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, that would definitely make things a lot more convenient. I try to solve problems that I hit myself. And it's one one great, maybe funny closing story is that so the art art blocks gave out a free free mint of friendship bracelets worth about five hundred bucks to to everybody back in January. There were forty thousand minted, and they integrated Delegate Cash front and center. So I was I was going through and um and and claiming my own, of course, made a tweet thread about it, and a ton of people came across and said, "Thanks, I didn't realize this saved me. Appreciate appreciate you letting me know about the free money." And then I was going through my wallets a week later and I realized there were several that I'd forgotten about that I hadn't even claimed. So I'm out here po- posting tweet threads about how important it is to keep yourself organized while, while I myself can't even keep track of what's in what wallet. So I think that's going to that's gonna be critical for better better security siloing is having, is having the UX to boot. And on that sort of final point about that Fubar just mentioned, that's another, I think, unique aspect of Delegate Cash is that it's not just security in a vacuum. It's a pretty powerful developer tool that people are using to you know, get around a lot of these annoyances. Because with Delegate Cash, you can delegate on not just the wallet level, but also the smart contract or the token level. And on the back end, everything is written to this delegation registry. So a lot of developers are using that to allow things like account aggregation. You know, most crypto projects are still built with that idea in mind that one wallet equals one account. And, you know, maybe that was a super novel idea when this stuff first came out a couple of years ago. But now, you know, we're in the reality that lots of people have lots of wallets. And so using tools like Delegate Cash as workarounds to make developers life easier for things not even necessarily related to security, but just their applications is, I think, um, the real magic about building simple things. You know, we said it's 300 lines of code, and that's not because we were lazy and chose not to put in more. It's, you know, simplicity is a design choice. And simple but powerful, I think, is the uh, way to build great things. I think that's well said. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on The Scoop. Once again, we've been joined by our guests from the Delegate Cash team. Where can our listeners learn more about you and follow what you're working on? Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Delegate Cash. You know, our website is delegate.cash. And if you DM it, you know, we will, um, we will respond. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Great talking. Thanks, guys. And The Scoop will be back for you again with another great guest. Have a great day.